Welcome to the Way Church Podcast. The Way Church exists to love God, love others, and make disciples. You can find out more about the Way Church at thewaychurchrva.com. Now we hope you enjoyed today's podcast. What's going on, church? My name is Luke Johnson. I'm a student resident here and the student ministry director, and I also help lead worship. Yeah, Luke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Luke. Um, today we'll be reading from Psalms 37, 1 through 11. <clears throat> Do not be agitated by evildoers. Do not envy those who do wrong, for they wither quickly like grass and wilt like tender green plants. Trust in the Lord and do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will act, making your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like the noonday. Be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Do not be agitated by one who prospers in his ways, by the person who carries out evil plans. Refrain from anger and give up your rage. Do not be agitated. It can only bring harm. For evildoers will be destroyed, but those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. A little while and the wicked person will be no more. Though you look for him, he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will enjoy abundant prosperity. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that we could come and openly worship today. We pray, Father, as we look at your word, Father, that you just open our hearts. Uh, Father, that we, you just reveal yourself, that we would see you. Father, help us understand the word and be able to apply it in our hearts and in our lives. And Father, that we would truly be a church that doesn't just hear the word, but would be doers also. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Well, good morning, church. It is great to be with you today, and uh, for those that don't know us, I'm Mark. Steve is my wife, Barbara. Our son, Nathan, is in the back, the redhead back there. Um, And I'm part of the teaching team here at The Way, and this morning we're going to be in the Book of Psalms and Psalms 37. This is uh, ending our summer series on... uh, the summer in the Psalms. And so we'll be looking at uh, chapter 37. Specifically, uh, the title of the message today is Trust in the Lord and Do Good. Uh, As we heard read uh, just now out of the first 11 verses out of uh, chapter 37, we see that the big theme that what David is talking about here in this psalm is that there are going to be wicked and ruthless people. And they're going to do evil to people. Uh, we have all experienced that, right? Now, who in here has had someone been unfair to you, mistreat you, or selfish in some way, right? I assume all hands are up on this one? Yeah. Okay, we've all been mistreated. We've all had people do things wrong because we have great evil in this world. Um, in this passage, not only does it talk about in the first 11 verses, but even like when you go down in 12, it talks about how the wicked were plotting against the righteous, against the poor, but the Lord laughs at them because he sees what's coming in their life. In verse 35 also that he said, I've seen a wicked and ruthless man spreading himself like a green laurel tree, but he passes away. And so we see this, that there is just evil in the world. There are people, all of us actually are evil, right? And when it comes down to it, <clears throat> but people are doing evil. 
and they're spreading out, and they mistreat people, and we've all done that. But the real thing about this psalm is really what is our response? What is going to be our response when people do evil? Um, and you, many of you are aware, because when I've preached before, we've talked about it, that uh, our family was in a bombing. And, you know, our the guy, another missionary that was with us, we were missionaries in the Philippines, Indonesia, and Singapore. And when we were there in the Philippines, this bomb went off, killed our, our co-worker. But later I got to meet the man who financed the bombing. What would be your feelings? What are some things that come to mind? What would be your feeling? You meet the man who killed one of your co-workers. You had all kinds of feelings, but um, that's, the response is not one to try to strike back, right? And we're going to talk about that more as we go through. But when we see evil, we've all done evil. And we have to remember what, what Christ has done for us. And so as we, what we're going to talk about today is that when we are mistreated, we're treated unfairly, someone abuses us or does something wrong to us, how do we respond back? And that's what David has in this psalm. This psalm is really David going through the Hebrew alphabet, and he basically takes two phrases, so it'd be like in English, it'd be an A, something that starts with an A, another A, and then a B, B, C, C, D, D, E, E, like that, but in the Hebrew alphabet, he was going through. And so that's what this psalm is, is him going through the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet, and saying, what do you do? How do you respond when people mistreat you? And so in verse 1, we actually, in the first few verses here, we'll see that how we don't, we should not respond, okay? So if in verse 1, it says, do not be agitated by evildoers. So, or some translations, fret, don't fret by evildoers. Uh, he picks up the same theme there in verse 7 also, in the second half of 7. Don't be agitated by the one who prospers in his way and carries out evil plans. And then in verse 8 also, he says it again, to refrain from anger and give up your rage and don't be agitated. So, how are we supposed to respond when people do wrong to us? Don't be agitated. Don't, don't give in to anger. But, uh, well, we're going to get to the, what we should do in a minute. But first is don't be agitated. The word agitated here is actually the, it's the word for heat, and it's an increase in heat. So, it's anger building because it happens, right? I mean, we see things of others around us being hurt. And what, what comes in our heart? Anger, right? Because we see the injustice that's happening and we want to strike back. And sometimes the response is, the natural response in us is when people are doing us wrong or others wrong, we're like, we're going to give it back to them, right? Or maybe even give it back harder, but that's what he says, don't do that. The other thing he says there in verse 1 is, do not envy those who do wrong. So one response is, you know, give it back to them just as harder, harder. Another response is, hey, you know, because of like, and this is because this is a lot of talking about a business and uh, things happening here. Um, 
we should just do wrong and join them so that we could get, because we feel envious. Hey, they're getting ahead. They're prospering, it's saying. When they do evil, they actually are gaining from it. So the other response is don't get envious. And ourselves start doing the same things and feeling like, hey, if I could just join in what they're doing, I will also prosper. And we saw this in the Philippines. Uh, it's common all around the world, um, but uh, we saw it in, in Asia a lot, where in order to get anything done, you had to do corruption, had to pay the thing. But we always taught people don't do that. And uh, my mentor, his name was Ben, he had led some Chinese businessmen to faith in Davao, which is a city in the southern part of the Philippines. And there was this one guy, his name was Hans, and Hans had come to faith, radically saved. A uh, bunch of his friends he had shared with, and they had actually formed a group and, uh, of men who wanted to start living like Christ. But there's this thing about corruption. And that to get anything done, you've got to pay the bribe. Or he, he, was, he was the owner of a mall, and he had two books. So you know what two books are? Where you would... The real books of how much you're actually making and another set of books that you give to the government which says you're not really making very much so you don't get taxed, so you don't have to pay taxes. And so as they were talking more and more and going along, Hans began convicted that he needed to not have two books and not pay for this corruption anymore. But he's like, but everyone's doing it. <laughs> and there's no way to do you know, business without doing that. So what do you do? Do you just go ahead and give in to it? And so he came to the conclusion that he needed to change. And what he did is he went to the tax department and said, hey, because um, in, the, in, in that particular area, they would, uh, everybody knew what was going on. Everybody knew everybody was doing the two books. And you would just give a, a bribe, but we called it a thank you, to the to the government official who was over the taxes. And so he went to that official and told him, hey, I'm going back to one books, man. Christ has saved me and just gave his testimony, but then said, uh, you know, I'm going to go to one books. And the guy said, no, you can't. And he goes, oh, I really feel like the Lord is telling me to do this. I have to do this. He goes, no, wait, why don't you wait and for five years and then do that? Because the guy's term was going to be up, who was the tax guy in five years, um, because he still wanted his cut too, right? And so basically, they talked, and eventually, he said, no, he said, I'll do whatever it's going to take, I'll pay whatever taxes it's going to cost, and it was a huge, heavy tax, because they assumed nobody actually does it, and so eventually, they told him, okay, to do this, you're going to have to empty your mall completely of everything and restart over, because they were trying to force him to still give the bribe. And he said, okay, that's what I've got to do. So he emptied his mall completely, everything. I was there. It was crazy. It was totally empty. I mean, it's just everything gone. And um, so he did that. He emptied it and then restarted. It was a heavy tax. And he struggled financially uh, while it was going on. And these other guys that were in this group that were also Christian, had become Christians, they were businessmen, um, said, we'll help you, so they helped him out, and he got, he got through it, and uh, paying the heavy taxes, but he was able to still to, to make a profit. Uh, 
Well, then the other guys started being convicted. That, okay, um, well, if he did it, and we know what the Word of God says, and so they started all doing the same thing, and they helped one another. They actually formed what was called the Christian Businessmen's Association in Davao. Um, so what was, so it came down to one guy who, um, he had a, a road construction business, and so he was the one who paved all of the roads. And he's like, okay, I'm going to try to do this. But in that time, you only get, like, you bid, you know, to, to be the one to fix the road and whatever. And they said, but if we won't pick your bid unless you put something in a bank account for us. And so it came the day he was going to have to choose. And they were, as a group, together and decided. He's like, I don't know what I should do. He said, it'll cost me a bit. He said, if I don't, if I don't do this and I don't get this contract, my business is going to go bankrupt. And I don't think God wants me to be bankrupt. And so they encouraged it from the word of God. You've got to do what's right because uh, what we see here in Psalm 37 is, is we, we have to do what is right and then God will be the one to take care of us, right? And so he actually left the group that evening and just said, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, the next day, Hans called and said, he didn't pay it. And his business went bankrupt. He didn't get the contract, and his business went bankrupt. But the Lord is faithful, right? And so the other guys helped him actually start another security business, which is now thriving. And so this is the thing. Sometimes it feels like, you know, should we just join? And uh, Because, I mean... They're already doing evil, and if I'm going to get my part and get what I need, I'm going to have to just do the same thing. But that's not what it says. Don't be agitated by evildoers and don't be envious and try to do their same thing with those who are doing wrong. It ended up happening. It took 10 years, but corruption cycle was broken in that city in Davao. And so now, now you actually have to be part of the Christian Businessmen's Association, and then you don't have to pay bribes. So it gave a good witness. Uh, but the point of this is, is that the wrong response to people doing evil, people doing wrong things, is not to get agitated and angry and try to strike back at them. And the second thing is don't get envious and just do the same things with them, right? And it says there in uh, verse 2, why they will... For they will wither quickly like grass and will wilt like tender green plants. And then down in verse 8, after he mentioned about refraining from anger and not to be agitated, because it can only bring harm. For evildoers will be destroyed, but those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And in a little while, and the wicked person will be no more. Though you look for him, you will, he will not be there. So this is the thing. God is a just God. He gives a time for people to repent. And it seems like, hey, they may be prospering at this moment. But in the end, it never works out. And he will bring them to an end. And so we should not be agitated and strike out in anger. And we should not envy and do the same things. So when someone hurts us, is unfair to us, mistreats us, the answer is not to do evil back 
or to even join them in doing evil. But what are we supposed to do? And so that's where we go in verse 3. So back up to verse 3. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. See, God is a just God. God hates sin. He hates injustice. And he is a just God. He may give people a time. He gives this mercy to all of us, right? He gives us mercy. Time to repent. Time to come back to him. And that he is a good and just God. And so there is a time that after a time and people do not repent, he brings about justice. And so the result is, is that they're brought to nothing. And it, seemed, it may be for a time, and it may to us seem like a long time, that God allows in his mercy for them to have the opportunity to repent. And they may seem to be prosperous during that time, but know that there is a time coming. And so what we do is trust in the Lord. In a God who's just and good, who's all-powerful, who's all-knowing, who's faithful, He's our stronghold, it says there later in verse 39. Uh, But why does he let it even for a time? Well, think about your own life. We all are evil, right? There's There's no one righteous, not one, Romans 3 says. The reality is, is that after Adam and Eve sinned, sin came in the world. We all have this disposition to sin. So as uh, Genesis tells us, that every inclination of our heart is only evil continually. And so the reality is, is that we are all sinners. We have all done wrong. We have all done evil things. Do you want God to give you mercy? I hope the answer is yes. Um, we've all sinned, every one of us, every person in here, including me, including pastor. Pastor, you ever sinned? (laughs) Yeah, we all have, right? And God in his grace and mercy does not give us right away what we deserve. We know that the wages of sin is death. We deserve death. God hates sin. His wrath comes on sin. That's the reality And he may give us a time that we can repent. And so the same way, he gives everyone that time. And it may be that those who seeming to hurt us, you're like, why aren't they getting what they're just deserved now? God is giving them, like he does to us, mercy. And it's an opportunity to repent. So what happens in the middle of that? And that's the the gospel, right? The gospel is, is we can't do anything to save ourselves. The, we are sinners, and sin cannot come into the presence of God. We're cast out of God's presence. We don't have a relationship with God, which we were created for, because of our sin. And so we can't do anything to save ourselves because our sin is still there. But God sent Jesus to die on the cross to take our death penalty for us, that he took our death that we deserved, to pay the penalty that we deserved so that we could come back into relationship with God. And when we uh, place our faith in what Jesus did, 
then we receive salvation. We can come back into relationship with God. We receive the Holy Spirit so that we can now actually do the good things that he intended for us to do. That's the good news of the gospel, is that we all, that we deserved wrath and hell and everything that comes because of our sin, that he took that on himself and gave us grace and mercy, which we do not deserve. It is a wonderful thought, right, to think about, I know my own sin and what I deserved, and that he loved me and he died for me so that my sins would be paid for and I could come back into relationship with God. And that's been the joyous thing in my life, is having that relationship with God and coming back into relationship with him and knowing him. And that's, he's done that for us, and he tells us to trust in him. Even when we are in the midst of being wronged and People are taking advantage of us or doing wrong to us. What do we do in the midst of that? We don't respond in anger back, and we don't respond by joining in, but we trust in Him. In verse 2, they trust in the Lord and do what is good. And all the way through here, he, he talks about relying on the Lord when evil is done. In verse 9, the second part there, those who put their hope in the Lord will inherit the land. In verse 40, that take refuge in him. It all comes back to trust in him. Rely on him. He is a good God. He is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. And he is a just God. Uh, in Romans, it tells us, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. He takes the vengeance. And we're to leave room for him. He actually mentioned several things, uh, five different things of how our response to show that we really do trust him. Notice there, it's actually there, I already mentioned it there in verse 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do what is good. Do what is good. Dwell in the land and live securely. We're not to do evil to others or do back to people who've done bad to us, but we are to do good. This is hard, right? This is, it was a, uh, several things in my life have happened like that. I mean, this, beating the guy who financed the bombing. We're to do good. Because he's forgiven us so much, we forgive others, right? And it was a joyous day when I got to meet the guy who had financed the bombing, and he came to faith in Christ. And man, the Lord does things in our lives. Can a bomber, a, a Muslim terrorist, be saved? Yes, there's no one outside the grace of God. We know our own evil, and everybody has evil, and God has made a way that we could be saved. And now that man is planting churches all over Muslim areas. And to meet him and do good to him, help him. And that's, that's what he says to do. Trust in the Lord and do good. I, know, I remember when Hans, uh, the businessman in Davao, after he really started just living everything for the Lord, man, he became a generous man. He's a very wealthy man, still very, very wealthy. He owns properties all over China and all over Southeast Asia and Canada and different places. He's a very wealthy man. He became very generous. 
And he just started helping people and doing good. Because that's the response that we have as a result of our own salvation. We see what all God has done for us, and he lavishes his grace on us, and so we do good to others. And the, the next thing he says there is in verse 4. So we're do good, verse 3. Verse 4, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act, making your righteousness shine like the dawn, your justice like the noonday. So we are to take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Now, uh, did you just realize what that just said? Do you want everything you've ever desired? Do you know what it said there? It, it, there's a the preface first, though. Take delight in the Lord. When you're focused on, and your delight becomes in Him, and you're focused on His kingdom, He will give you your heart's desires because your desires are focused on Him and His kingdom, right? This is not like, I want a new car. Not that, okay? So you're going to give me a new car. Well, that, we know that's not right. James 4 tells us that when we ask with wrong motives to spend on ourselves, he doesn't give to us when it's selfish. But when our delight is in him. So in the midst of when people are hurting us, when people are doing wrong to us, we delight in him. We focus on his ways. We commit our ways to him. What's interesting as we go through this passage is later on in this passage in verse 25, David said, I was, I've been young and now I'm old. So this is David when he's old. And he said, never have I seen the righteous forsaken. And in verse 32, he says again, the Lord will not abandon him to the power of the wicked. That's a fascinating thing. God is faithful. He lets things happen for a time, giving mercy to others, but he takes care of his own too. Everything that we need, he, he provides for us. God is faithful. What this all comes down to is God, right? He's all-powerful. He's just. He's faithful. He is our stronghold, verse 39. He is the one we turn to. When someone is wronging us, when someone's doing bad to us, that does happen. We're in an evil world. It's, it's going to happen. Every person is going to experience being treated in a bad way because we're in this world. But God is faithful. So we turn to him. We trust in him. And how we show that trust is we do good and we take delight in him even in the midst of those times. But then uh, look at verse 7. There's something else. Be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly expectantly for him. Be silent or be still, some translations. So what's our response when people are doing bad to us? What do we do? Nothing. We are still, we're silent. But we wait expectantly for him. We allow him to be the one to take vengeance. And we know the Lord is just and he will give people justice. Sometimes it, we have to wait. And in verse 34, he says it again, wait for the Lord and keep his ways and he, will exalt in, and he will exalt you to inherit the land. We wait for the Lord. But is, 
this is what I like about this, uh, the verse there in verse 7 is wait expectantly. I know that when I'm being wronged, that God may be giving them mercy for a time, but I know the justice is coming and you can wait expectantly. God will act. So be still before the Lord and wait expectantly. We don't respond back in striking back, and that's actually what he goes there with in verse 11 also. But the humble will inherit the land and will enjoy abundant prosperity. Uh, the word humble, or some translations, meek. This, the word here, though, is power under control. You have the power to hurt somebody, and you decide not to. You could, but it's power under control. That's meekness or humility. Same thing is said in Matthew 5.5. 5, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. We, so the response, if someone wrongs us and does something bad to us, we're not to strike back, we're not to join in with them or be envious of what they have received because we know it's all passing away very quickly. But we trust in the Lord, we do what's good, we take delight in Him, and we wait expectantly still before Him, and we're meek, we don't strike back. Um... And then, uh, not of these first 11 verses, but down in 31, he said, the law of his God is in his heart that his steps do not slip. And so how do we keep ourselves from responding in anger? And, and in each of these things, we need to know the word. The word is how we know, because our automatic response is, somebody does me wrong, I'm doing wrong back. It's either fight or flight. Some are fighters, some are flighters, right? Um, but the response, how we know what the right response is, the Word of God. And when we know, it keeps us for our steps from slipping. So we have to know the Word of God. How do we know the Word of God? You got to spend time in it, right? You got to spend time in the Word of God. So this is why we emphasize as a church, discipleship groups, D groups, right? Because we've repeated uh, m multiple times at this church about the survey that was done, that if, if people spend just once a week in the Word, how, how much of their life has changed? Nothing, really. And even two or three, it doesn't really change until you really spend time in the Word at least four times. And then it's like, it changes uh, the amount of people who get into pornography, how all the different responses, divorce, different things like that. But you've got to be in the Word. The Word is how we know what is the right response because our natural responses aren't always the right things. Usually they're not. And so we have to be in the Word. We have to know the Word. So it comes down to this, and this is what this, base, this psalm is about, is we're in an evil world. People are going to do wrong. You're going to be wronged. And if you haven't much yet, it's coming because we're in an evil world. And in reality, we all have been there ourselves. We do it. But God in his mercy has given us an opportunity. But know that even in that, that our response when evil is done to us is not to respond back in kind and be angry and respond back. And we're not to envy or join in them. But we're to trust in the Lord and do what is good. 
We're still before him, waiting expectantly. We're meek. We're, we're doing good. We're taking delight in him. And we know the word so that he, so we can know what should be our responses in all of these things. So I want you to think about uh, your own life. Think of the times that you know that people are, have done you wrong. I'm sure they come to mind, right? So this is a time of application. Who's done you wrong? In your own mind, think about it. What's your response? Uh, this morning while I was going over this, this, this verse came to mind. This is out of Romans 12, uh, starting in verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not, overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so, who's wronged you? Who are those that are hurting you even now? What can we do? Overcome evil with good. Take the long view. Know that we respond back by doing good, knowing that in the future, if they do not repent, we know what's coming for them. Don't partner with evildoers and don't join in with what they're doing. So this is how we apply. So I want to make sure that we apply specifically to our own life. So I want you to think of a situation where you've been hurt and what are you going to do? How can you show good to them? Um, and I'm going to invite the band back up. You can go ahead and come up. But we're going to have a time to actually respond to the message. And if you have never decided to follow Christ, the first response is, is decide to trust and follow after him. And that's the gospel. We know that we can't do anything to save ourselves. And we can only receive that Jesus, he came, he died for our sins. He took the penalty for our sin. He died in our place, our substitute sacrifice to die in our place. But we have to receive that gift that he gave us by faith. And so if you've never placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you need to do that this morning. And there were many times, as I've said before here on this stage, that I, I was a religious person. I was a preacher's kid. I was even preaching. And I was not saved. So don't think it's because you come to church that you're saved. There came a time in my life where I realized that I was relying on what I did, not on what Christ did. And that's when I actually was saved. And I truly received what Christ had done for me, that he died for my sin. And it wasn't before I was thinking, well, I'm a pretty good person. My, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. And, but we're all... We all have sin. We're all evil, right? And so that's when I realized that I needed a Savior. And we all need that. If you haven't done that, truly placed and trusted that what Jesus did on the cross take away your sin, then you need to do that today. That's the first response that we have in all of this. But maybe you just need to sit and pray. And just talk to the Lord about a situation. It's good to cry out. David's crying out to the Lord here about these people who are doing evil. Cry out to him. He is a just God. 
He, let him t- be the one to take vengeance. Cry out to him and ask for help in those situations of which you're struggling and when you've been unjustly treated. And maybe you just know God's grace and mercy on your life and you just want to stand up and sing, right? That's a wonderful response also because he has been so gracious and merciful to us. And we're going to have a team, a prayer team on the side. If there's something you're struggling with and just need prayer or if you want to place your faith in Christ, please come over and talk with us. We, we would love to just talk with you and pray with you and help you because this is what we do in the body of Christ is that we help one another because it's hard. If someone's hurting you and all you're feeling is anger, we need the body to help us. And so we help one another by just praying for each other and helping each other in these situations. So whatever your struggle is, come and we'd love to pray or grab somebody around you and pray. But respond this morning and how you feel like the Lord is leading you to respond. The band is going to sing again. And if you want to join in praise to him, do it. If you just need to sit and pray, do that. If you need to come talk, come over and talk with us. But you do. Let's stand and let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are so gracious and merciful to us. We couldn't do anything. We need you, Father. And we just want to worship you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Way Church Podcast. If you would like prayer or if you'd like to talk to someone about a personal relationship with Jesus, please contact us through our website at thewaychurchrva.com.